Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Is This Real Life? a Bravo podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, real lifers. Welcome to episode 125. I am coming to you from Washington, D.C. That is now a uh, militarized zone. It is absolutely crazy here. We have 25,000 National Guard troops, which I'm told is more than all of the troops in Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, and Yemen combined. And it is noticeable. I had ordered contacts a few weeks ago, and the eye doctor called and asked me to come pick them up. And I went on Tuesday to try and pick them up and ran into the National Guard, and all of the streets were blocked off, and I ended up having to turn around. So going to have to get my contacts shipped to me, even though the eye doctor is less than two miles away. It's really, really crazy. But I'm glad everyone's taking security really seriously, and I hope the inauguration goes off without any issues. I also wanted to say thank you to everyone who sent me DMs on Instagram and checked if I'm doing okay, and I really appreciate it, honestly. You guys are so kind, and my DMs are always open. You can find me at ITRL underscore podcast on Instagram. All right, so let's get into Bravo this week. One thing that happened that I totally missed was not on my radar is some drama that happened with the Giggly Squad, which are Paige and Hannah from Summer House. So if you're interested in learning more about all of the things that happened, um, Taria from the What Else is Going On podcast and Amanda from It's All Happening, they talk about it. And also Ono Bravo's Patreon um, discusses it. But basically, it started a few weeks back when Paige made a comment about the star of Bridgerton and how he was attractive because he was light-skinned and could even play the next James Bond. And some of the listeners called her in or called her out basically for a very a comment that was rooted in colorism that they found very hurtful. And instead of addressing it, she just was silent. And then on January 6th, when the Capitol was attacked, she didn't comment on that, but instead posted a meme about how Jeffree Star and Kanye West supposedly hooking up wasn't the, you know, 
biggest news story or something like that. And people were like, why aren't you speaking out about white supremacy? So again, instead of addressing the comments that she was getting and apologizing for upsetting people, she just made a statement about how she's receiving these hurtful messages in her DMs and how she can't do anything right. There's no winning if she says something or doesn't say something. It makes people upset. And the difference is when people like us make a mistake, there's no one that says anything. But when she makes a mistake or when Hannah makes a mistake, they get, you know, 50 DMs and and get attacked. Needless to say, this was not well received by everyone who was on the Giggly Squad private Facebook group, which I didn't even know existed until this week. And when people voiced their disappointment, the site ended up even getting shut down by Hannah and Paige. And apparently, there has been a long history on this page of some members of the Giggly Squad Facebook group using the N-word and making racist statements, and other members of the group didn't feel it was a very safe space. Oy vey. I mean, <laughs> if you want to learn more about this, I highly suggest you check out Taria's What Else is Going On podcast. She has a lot more eloquent things to say than I do, but the one thing I will say is that I find it really annoying that Paige is more concerned about people's reactions to her thoughts and feelings than she is about saying what she actually believes and doing what she thinks is the right thing. It's almost like she would rather not lose followers than, you know, comment on what happened at the Capitol or address the racism that's happening within the Facebook group that her and Hannah created. And I find that really obnoxious. So on this week's podcast, I have Tom Hamlet from The Dumpster Dive. He is absolutely amazing and hilarious, and we have a lovely conversation. We talk about the Real Housewives of Dallas, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Atlanta, and then we don't really get into the OC, but we talk a bit about Bronwyn. But one thing I will say about her is that in this finale episode of The Real Housewives of the OC, she mentions that she's going to go back to school to become a drug and alcohol counselor. And I just feel like that is not the right move for Bronwyn right now. I'm glad that she wants to help others, but I feel like it's one of those situations you're on a plane, it's like secure your mask before assisting others. She needs to get it together before she can be helpful to other people. But I will get more into The Real Housewives of the OC next week because my guest is living in the OC. So very excited to get her thoughts on things. Um, before we get to Tom, one other thing I wanted to share was that I was on the Life MMA and NBA podcast with DJ San Marco this week. We chatted about reality TV, um, not MMA or the NBA, things I really don't know a whole lot about, <laughs> but it was a great conversation. And then finally, just wanted to give a little warning. I was thinking about cutting out a part of my interview with Tom where I talk about something really personal and private to me, which was my mother's death. And I decided to keep it in because it's it's real, right? Is this real life? Like, this is real life. And 
watching Jen Shaw talk about her dad's death and the experience she had having to make decisions about taking her father off life support in this week's episode of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City definitely um, resonated with me because I had been in a situation like that. And in the episode, I realized I was laughing a bit during this. And I think it is part of how I'm able to talk about death is sometimes I laugh because if I'm not laughing, I'll be crying. And I have cried enough tears about my mother and I continue to do that. So I hope it doesn't seem off-putting to anyone, um, but it's a very personal thing that happened to me, and I haven't even discussed the details of it with even some of my closest friends. So um, I'm sharing it with you guys, and I shared it with Tom, and um, it felt good to talk about. So here we are. Okay, guys, without further ado, here is my guest, Tom Hamlet from the Dumpster Dive podcast. He is hilarious, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. I am here with Tom Hamlet from the podcast Dumpster Dive. When they go low, we go lower. Thank you so much for being here, Tom. How's oh it God. going? It's, it's going great. You're the only one that uses our tagline anymore. <laughs> I love your tagline. <laughs> I love it. You know, I, I, I like it too, but I I stole it from Michelle Obama, which felt wrong to do. No, <laughs> I like, it's so I, funny. I like a twist on Michelle Obama's like iconic, like they go low, we go high. High. <laughs> now I'm forgetting what it is because I'm used to the other one. I don't know. It just didn't hit right. Like my, like we were doing it at the end of our episodes and I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't work, but you love it. I think it's funny. Thank you. I would love to hear some feedback from your listeners if they think it's funny or not. Yes, listeners, <laughs> let Tom know what you think about the phrase when they go low, we go lower. <laughs> right. I think I it's I, awesome. I don't you. have a a phrase or anything I say. You should just end on all of your podcasts being like, is this real life? Oh, and my God. <laughs> I've been asking myself that every single day in D.C. the last few months. Oh, I was going to say 2020, but yes, in, yeah. in DC, yeah. God well, damn it. <laughs> I have to say, uh, peek behind the curtain, we're recording on a much happier day than the day we recorded uh, together last week, which yeah. feels like 10 years ago when we recorded together. <laughs> I know. It was only a week ago when I was on your podcast. It was right after the insurrection, and yeah. it was pretty tough, but things are looking up got 21,000 troops in my city and uh there are security checks to get anywhere so like on your street um a little bit farther a few blocks away they're checking yeah, everything well, i don't want to reveal your your location but you're like in dc correct so like you're yes. not like yeah yeah i live in dc and not too far from the white house maybe a mile yeah. mile and a half oh that's really close yeah dc's not as big as new york though no, I know. I know. I, 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 I've only been as an adult. I went, <laughs> this is a funny story. I went last year with my sister for her birthday. We like went to go visit her friend and we were going to like go to museums and like do like a fun little weekend. Cause the, bu the bus ride from New York isn't that long. It's like three hours. And, um, 
we and we brought <laughs> we brought wine on the bus to like oh, drink dear. while we were going there, and we ended up getting too drunk that we were so hungover on Saturday. We, didn't go to <laughs> we just ended up going to brunch and then like going to a gay bar and then going home. And it was oh, like what you wanted but, to do for your birthday. But going to brunch in a gay bar is like quite a DC experience. Like we are a brunch city. I know every I, city I, thinks they're brunch, but like yeah. that this is our main meal. No, I I wish I remembered the place we went to. It was really good. Um, and then you guys have a great gay scene in DC. Which I never knew. bar did you go to? We went to was it Nellie's? Name some. Yeah. Wait, what was that? Nellie's. Yes, we went. There. I live three blocks from Nellie's. Oh my god! Shut yeah. up. It's so fun. It, oh my god! It it's actually a gay was sports a fun bar. Night. Yeah, yeah. We we were there, and then we went to another one like next to it. I think that has like a rooftop. Yep. The Brixton, unfortunately, it closed down because of COVID. COVID, yeah. They had to, like, shut it, it down. It's so sad. In New York, like, there's so many bars that are so historic to the gay culture here in the city and the 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 LGBTQIA plus movement in the world that are yeah. really struggling. Like, Julius Bar, Stonewall... All these places downtown are like the oldest gay bars in the United, some of the oldest gay bars in the United States of America. And they can't stay open because they never had kitchens. Like they, they never knew that they were going to have to serve food because that's right. our rule in New York is like, you can't just go get a drink in a styrofoam cup and bring it home. You have to, with COVID precautions, you have to like actually get some sort of food. And these places are like making like, they're like, there's, there's a place that just gives you a bag of Doritos because they're like, does this count? Food, like, we, yeah. Right. We just need money. So support your local gay bars. Another everyone. thing you can do. Well, I don't, it's not officially a gay bar, but my favorite bar in New York, one of them is Marie's Crisis. Oh, the best. Uh, yeah. It's not a gay bar, but it is. You but know? it is. It's like right. a Broadway bar, show tunes mm-hmm. bar. And they have been doing on their Facebook page, you can follow them when the various entertainers are playing piano and singing show tunes and you can send them tips via Venmo. Oh, so wow. I was doing that in the first few months of the pandemic. And mm-hmm. then I don't know, I either stopped getting the notifications and forgot about it, but I love that bar. I love Marie's crisis. And if like back, like when things become normal again, for anyone listening who doesn't know what Marie's Crisis is, if you're looking for like a solid celebrity sighting, you can all like I would say like most of the times I've been like randomly, there's like a famous person just like sitting by the piano, like in the corner, like singing along to a chorus line. Like it's 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 like Broadway famous or no, famous. Oh, like, like I never noticed night, anything. I, I went well because it's so small and crowded. Like you don't really know, but like um, the night. One of the nights I went, like Jimmy Jimmy Fallon had like just left when like we like were walking in. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm trying to think of other ones. Uh, there was some like this isn't interesting banter, but there was like some cele- like movie famous celebrity that was there one time when I was there. But I'm not great at citing celebrities, but like if I don't know the chairman of like the appropriations committee were to walk into Marie's Crisis, I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> Or the to chairwoman, I should say. You, and you lost me. At <laughs> chair. I can find like almost any like DC famous person, but that's not real world famous. So we <laughs> we were just chatting a little bit about the Real Housewives of New York, and there is so much drama and silliness happening off screen right now. So 
tell me, you were describing to me some recent posts by Ramona and Dorinda, but what did Ramona screenshot and accidentally put on Instagram? Yeah, so remote. Sorry, once again, I'm having street noise, but we're going to forge ahead because I I live in New York. Everyone, it's loud here. <laughs> um, no, so Ramona. Speaking of New York, uh, that's where I live. Uh, uh, Ramona posted accidentally accidentally on her story a screenshot of her calculating uh, a number, and that number is eleven thousand nine hundred twenty three and seven <laughs> cents. Well, eight cents if we're rounding up. Um, and to my and my question is, what what was she adding? I saw like all like tons of Bravo accounts. Like, um, I know that I think two judgy girls and like Joe Gunn were like posting things like, "What do you think she was like calculating? Like, what? That's that's a lot of money." I was I I was saying to you offline that maybe it had something to do with like her rent, but like, why would she be calculating rent? Also, twelve thousand is a lot for rent. I don't think that that's what she pays a month. Like, she lives in a nice apartment, but that's a lot. I have no... So do you think she was adding or multiplying? Like, when do you multiply? <laughs> I mean, I multiply all the time to get percentages of things. That's true. That's true. That's true. But but this number is way too big. Oh, I, I guess I see what you're saying. Like, it, like, you could have gotten a percentage. Like, this is like step two in the three-step process to get your percentage. Yeah, or like if Divided she Divided by was... 100, what would this... This is not... This would be... I'm wondering if this is like a per, like if she's getting paid a certain amount for something and she's like, oh, this is what I they would take out in taxes. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's a good point. I could see that. I'm such a dork. I, <laughs> I have no idea what she she is just all over the place. And then Dorinda posted a video that I couldn't like tell the audio was, but it was from the season finale from last season at the end. And it was something where I guess Dorinda is implying that Ramona on her mic is defending Donald Trump or something like that. Yeah, which I, I actually, you know, I don't know. I, I can't quite figure. I think maybe what happened was she said something like very close minded to uh, Dorinda in that moment. And then like she is using it as a way to just like, reiterate how conservative she is like i thought that maybe that was it It just seems very weird because that was around last that probably would have been around christmas time last year christmas time 2019 (laughs) yeah and what is she saying to her about donald trump i mean every week is 10 years in the trump presidency in terms of a news cycle so like i can't even remember what happened three weeks ago with the trump news cycle so i don't know what was happening then but like I can't imagine. I, it just seems like a weird setup in front of like all these drag queens to walk up to her and be like, I love Trump. You know, like I doubt that that was it. But she posted this video that has some tea about it, but we yet to learn. But in the comments, like every comment, she's commenting like loves Trump, loves Kimberly Guilfoyle, uh, impeach, d- doesn't approve of impeachment and like all and like. It, all these things about Trump, just on random people's comments on the photo. Do you think Carol stole her password? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. You know, that's a good point, Mandy. I did not even think about that. I don't think, I don't think Carol thinks of Ramona anymore. <laughs> Probably not. But she does comment on Roni more than I think a past cast member would. That's, that's true. She, 
Carol, Carol, where where were you on the Carol of it all? So I was team Carol, and I'm actually going to do a deep dive on Carol versus Bethany with Stephen from Faces by Bravo in a few weeks. So everyone stay tuned, because I feel that Carol was given a much worse edit than I think she should have. And I always felt that there was more to the story. And I like Bethany as a you know, TV person, personality, Mm -hmm. but I don't think she's a good friend. I mean, she does not hold on to friendships. So whenever it's like Bethany versus someone, I'm always like, well, she's not a very good friend to other people. So this is not shocking to me. You know, I, I agree. I think I, I sort of agree. Carol, like was probably more in the right than we realize. What I will say though, is she, Instead of like, she she just tried to fight too hard towards the end of it, and yeah. she, the, no one can compare to Bethany. Like you can't, you can't face off with her. Like like there are some that can, like I think Dorinda can face off with her. I think that they let, let me. Uh, I think Karen could probably face off with her in Potomac. I think that a lot of the Atlanta women could, but it takes someone with like a quick tongue to like really combat with her with like her constant remarks. And I mean, she's like a pit bull. Like she like, will just like not, she won't release, you know? And so I think she picked, she, she shouldn't have fought with her. She shouldn't have gotten so aggressive with her, with her dialogue towards her towards the end, because like in the reunion, she just wasn't ready to battle that. Like she wasn't ready to like take on Bethany. Like, like her receipts were, were a mess. Like, Andy was trying to like be like, girl, just it's not worth it, and she was getting heated. She, she I, I don't know. I, do you know what I'm saying? Though, like, she just didn't. No, I, she didn't come well, across. You know, yeah, she didn't come across well at the reunion. But during the season, she was not particularly anti Bethany at all, and I think she only realized how much Bethany was coming for her. Mm-hmm. was when she watched it back, right? So you spend yeah. four months watching your like friend or former friend bash you over and over and create this narrative that you don't really think exists, right? Mm-hmm. And then you see all these people on social media and who watch the show are supporting Bethany over this false narrative that she created. And you get really, really frustrated and then you lash out in a way that's not very effective at the end. So I felt like it was very, it was build up from having to watch four months of what she yeah. thought was crap. No, I, you're, you're right. I should go back and rewatch it. Because when I first watched it, I was like staunchly Team Bethany. I thought um, most people were. The only reason I wasn't was because, you know how they used to write these um was like diary entries, yeah, like blogs in mm-hmm. People magazine. And I don't know if she said it in the blog or if she said it in the show, but Bethany made a really rude comment about Carol not being a mother. And that is such a low blow. It's not that Carol didn't want to be a mother. It's that her husband died from cancer at 35. And she didn't meet someone after that. She wasn't able to do that or ready to do that or didn't think she wanted to do it with anyone else. So had he lived, it may have been a very different situation. And I just thought, you know, you can go after her for being friends with Tinsley. You can go after her for not supporting your charity or whatever else you want to do. But don't go after her or after Tinsley for not being a parent. 
Yeah, no, that's nasty. We 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 don't. That's that's a line no one should ever cross because everyone has a different story with that, you know. And and that's something she never talked about on the show, really. Like she never went into that on the show. Did she, she mentioned it? Yeah, she said in another life I could have been the one with the double wide stroller on oh. the sidewalk. I do miss Carol. Like I really loved like the early Carol seasons because like she really was like us watching it. It felt like one of us got to be in the cast, you know? Mm-hmm. I just, I think that, I think the TV got a little to her head a little bit towards the end of it. And she just wasn't ready to, she, she wasn't ready to perform for the cameras. I think that's the core issue with, with mm-hmm. the fight. She wasn't ready to perform the fight. Like, when you when you can tell a storyline is coming at you, like a good housewife knows how to be present for it. And she just wasn't. She wasn't. And I, I you know, I think she didn't know how much of a storyline it was like until like they got to Columbia and she was like, wait, I think this is like a big part of the season. And let's not forget that season was also the season that Luann got arrested and the season that. Um, Bobby died where they all went to Bobby's funeral. Oh my God. That's also the season. I think, is that the tipsy girl season? Maybe. I don't remember which where, season she freaked out at Sonia. That it, seemed overblown too. That was overblown. But the, that, that era of New York, those like three season arc. Were so three good. Season arc of Luann's like demise with Tom, like so good. And if I was Carol, I too probably would have been like, this will be like a sea a C, a C level part of the storyline. <laughs> and then when Luann doesn't show up to that reunion because she's in rehab, it's like, well, guess what? We're going to talk about the whole, the whole reunion. We're going to talk about your fight with Bethany. Yeah, and she wasn't ready for it. Oh, man. I'm going to do that this week, I think. Watch that. I, I always just, I don't know. I like Bethany, but there's something I don't trust about her. I just... Oh, completely. There, there's a lot there, there, and like, I don't. I could talk. I could talk about Bethany forever. I'm gonna make another podcast called Bethany. Also, <laughs> like, not I just, that like, I expect these housewives to be kind, right? Mm-hmm. But you would think, as a businesswoman, she would at least try to be nice to people yeah. that engage with her. And when I heard her on Danny Pellegrino's podcast, maybe mm-hmm. a month and a half, two months ago. She was so rude and so nasty. It just, I was like, oh my God, she doesn't want to talk about housewives. She wants to just talk about herself as a businesswoman. And if you listen to her podcast, it's all her opinions on everything. I find her exhausting now. Not on the show, she's entertaining because they edit her to be able to be entertaining. They take the bite size clips of her that are hilarious and amazing. But if you listen to her unfiltered on a podcast for an hour, it is, it's not as entertaining. I, you know, I don't want to get into too much politics. I mean, we can. I just don't, I, I, I don't want to get upset, but like I get also very upset about her silence on everything political. Like she, like in the past six months yet ha- she has Hillary Clinton on her podcast instead of using that her huge platform to like talk about like the importance of listening to like this like a beautiful strong woman she's kind of like didn't acknowledge that Hillary was even a politician it, it was just like a weird move for her I think she got Hillary on the podcast because it was like such a get she couldn't believe she got that but mm-hmm. I don't think she was pr- at like actually prepared to like interview her and after it like wasn't prepared to like I wanted her to tell like you know 
people who hate the Clintons or people or just Trump supporting people who want to continue to say like, but her emails, I wanted her to shut them down. But instead, like her comments were just like, like, I feel like she posted about it and she was like, we should be able to, I I don't know. I'm talking in circles about it a little bit, but I just want her to be more vocal. She's done so much good in terms of her COVID, like giving PPE uh, to frontline workers, all of her great work with, uh, the natural disasters in the past couple years. I just wish that she would u- use her platform to say a couple things about like, you know, the the tyranny that is happening in our political system right now. <laughs> with, with She has a huge platform. Yeah, no, she does. And I don't mind sometimes when certain celebrities don't want to get into it and rather focus on something else. So if instead she only wanted to focus on getting PPE to healthcare mm-hmm. workers or whatever... Or if she didn't go so deep into her opinions on things that are much less important. And mm-hmm. so when I heard her just go all in on the song WAP. Um, I forgot about that. And she so weird. then doubled down and like was so obsessed with bashing the song and the fact that her daughter Bryn had to hear it on TikTok and it's, you know, whatever. If she had so many opinions about that and said basically nothing about what happened at the Capitol. So I'm like, if she like, she's telling us who she is. (laughs) Also all recognize the fact that she has uh, two dogs named Biggie and Smalls. And it's like, okay, so if you like are a fan of like the genre of hip hop, like you also have to recognize that like, like they're like Biggie, like has songs talking about sex and like, why, why does it change now that it's, two women talking about sex it's now off limits and inappropriate like you are you 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 claim you're a fan of rap music and then the second it is uh, a woman saying these words you have an issue with it yeah she frustrates me sorry i feel like we got so so (laughs) deep and dark talking about politics (laughs) she's hard to like you know yeah she's harsh she's a harsh person and she can be so entertaining Mm-hmm. but through a housewife's filter. When she's not filtered, when it's just her coming at you, it's it's not as pleasant to consume as a consumer no. of media. I completely agree. So let's get into this week's housewife shows. I wanted That's to start great. by talking about Dallas. Okay. Okay, because I am enjoying the season. We're only two in, but I'm finding the storylines relatable and compelling, which I usually don't feel that way about most storylines. So it starts off with Brandy and Tiffany's conversation on racism, which, you know, going back to darkness and politics and all that. And I just commend Tiffany for saying, you know, making Brandy feel comfortable. She didn't have to do that, right? It should have been on Brandy to really apologize and explain herself. But she was like, you know what, let's use this opportunity to educate each other and have an open dialogue. And I really appreciate what she said about the Asian community and Asians being a model minority and how right now it's the time to actually speak out. So I'm here for Dr. Tiffany Moon. Love Tiffany. I thought that she handled that well. I, I, I've said this before. I feel frustrated that like 
I know that she, I think we talked about this, didn't we? Mm-hmm. About her, her being in the DeAndre friend circle. So the entrance into the show was, was more organic than it seems, which is relieving to me. But I just hate that, that, that her first episode or two had to be addressing like, you know, r- racist remarks regarding her community. But I think that she, she's, she's, she's a keeper. She's a, a plus. And I, I actually, it's almost like we forget that in the beginning of coronavirus, when this all happened, there was such um, racism towards the Chinese communities, you know, and how she even over the summer had patients who were like, well, I don't want you to be my doctor. I want a doctor that doesn't have coronavirus, you know, just because she's Asian. And, you know, now it's like... (laughs) You see an American, it's like, oh, they probably have COVID. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I'm positive there are still Americans out there that think right. that, you know, the China virus, you know? Yeah. But that, I always, I just forgot about it. And I, I know. It doesn't that feel like 10 years ago. <laughs> like, COVID has had like every month was like a decade of time. Right. You know? uh, um, so then we see a lot of like scenes with the various housewives and their spouses. So we see Cameron and Court selling their house. And I just, maybe I didn't realize it before, but Court, I feel like not only does he treat Cameron like another child, but he seems to have some contempt for her. I, you've never, I, see, I've always gotten a weird vibe on him, like, since, like, they were on the show. It's just a weird relationship. She's so, like, she feels so asexual to me. She's not very, like, in tune with her body. She's, like, eight feet tall, and he's, like, three foot five. Like, there's just <laughs> so much, and anyone can love anyone, but it's just, like, there's so many barriers. Like, I just don't see it. Like, I don't get it. Like, I and, like, but he's also her parent, like, he killed, he maybe killed her dog. <laughs> <laughs> there's just, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. I de- oh, wait. Can we talk about Cam though on Watch It Happens Live? Yes. I didn't get to see it. So I need to hear from you. You don't need you. to see it. I, please don't give it the views. Well, go, go. Sarah Galley posted about it, I, but don't, don't give the episode the views on Hulu. But Cam said that, uh, they, they, uh, uh, one of the people in the audience, the virtual audience, asked her, like, what they, what she thought about the new cast member Tiffany Moon, and she said that she was bossy, which I hate calling women bossy, or like it's just not, it's not appropriate, and um, like women can take their space and not be bossy, um, and on top of being bossy, she said she reminded her of the sex worker. I'm saying this in in a much more PC way than she said it, but reminded her of the sex workers in Thailand <gasps> and how bossy they were. What? Yeah. On she said, Earth. Once again, I, I, she said, she didn't say sex workers because she probably doesn't know that that's the right term for that. But she said something about like the ping pong women in Thailand. Like it, it was shocking. And Cheyenne Jackson and Andy Cohen were both like, they literally, there was like a break in t- speaking. They both were just like, eyes huge like what oh my god it's I bad i don't even I'm know like, that's what really to... bad i think cam is gonna have a bad season i think so too i don't think she's getting along with anyone i i don't know i yeah i don't know <sighs> i'm i'm so sorry i i had to break that news to you that's really upsetting <laughs> It's, you know, it's really, there's a word and it's called racist. It's really racist. It's racist. It's misogynistic. You know, I know. I hate the, 
I I hate the like women are bossy thing. It's like so to it's so nineteen ninety-three. <laughs> you know, it's like let's realize we're in twenty twenty, like acknowledge she she could have just said like we don't get along. Yeah. But instead she had to You know just, Yeah. Go further. Well further. I'm so I'm for those listening uh that don't know me, I'm from Dallas and I grew up there. And there's there's this Dallas like mentality when you are speaking about people that you don't care for. And there's this phrase, I don't know if any if you've ever heard of it, but women or men or anyone, I always heard my grandparents say this, would say like, bless her heart. Have you oh ever heard that? yeah. That is yeah. a full so, on southern phrase. That's right, like the southern. entire just, south. Like, but like I her saying that was such a bless her heart moment because bless her heart literally means fuck you. Like it's like, <laughs> like you know how in the Salt Lake City thumbs up means fuck you. Well, bless your heart means fuck. Can I say the F word? Yeah, you can say whatever <laughs> you want. I don't. <laughs> uh, no, I think ble- I, I, that's literally like that's that's Texan for fuck you because it literally means like they, Texans just c- like cloud any sort of shade and like a, like mean words about people. In smiles and, and compliments, like, compliments, like backhanded yeah. compliments. So that was her way of being as nice as possible, and in turn, it was so much worse. Oh man, Cam. So then we get to Deandra, who I'm really appreciating this season. I don't know; she hasn't had a good season in a little while, and um, I really she never had a good season. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thought her first season was good when yeah, her and yeah. Leanne were getting along, but. So she is seen as shaman because she wants to be more gentle and softer. So good on her. She can do whatever she wants to try and, you know, improve herself. But what I find compelling is this storyline that she hasn't really opened up about as much, which is her father. So her father and mother divorced. Um, Her father got remarried uh, and had a son. And they were all kind of okay with each other. And then her father committed suicide, which was a huge impact, obviously, on all of their lives. And there was a falling out over her father's estate, right? Because it sounded like he made two different wills, one that kind of favored Deandra and one that favored the stepmom and the stepson. And in the end, the court sided with Deandra, and she said, yeah, I won the court case, but I lost my family. And I think this this is just such a common thing that people go through. You know, death is difficult. People respond to grief differently. And when you add money and family together, it is just a recipe for disaster, no matter how well people get along. And I I don't know. I find it to be an interesting and compelling storyline that she is trying to reestablish a relationship with her stepbrother and stepmom. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I it's something I don't brother. think. Yeah. It's something that I don't think any of it is real. It just like it it felt like, you know, it's it's hard sometimes when you can tell like the women sit down with their family and they're like, "Okay, what are we going to talk about this season?" you know? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. She's she can be a little sticky in that way to me. Like 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 the shaman thing literally is something that Leanne did like <laughs> last season, right? Yeah. Wasn't that her like storyline? Like, she was like a couple had the, seasons ago where she had the yeah, gong. she had the bowl, like the yeah, I don't know. It just I of course I find it so interesting. And I think that there's there is a lot to unpack about 
you know, why she is the way she is because of all that. Money plays a huge role in her life. And I think she has realized that that's probably for the, uh, it's been a bad part of her life because they, they've alluded to her like shopping so much, living off of like her mom's dollar, uh, even at the age of like 40, whatever, you know? So I, I, I not surprised by all of, all of that that went down. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see if we're going to get like the sib, like the, it's just a brother, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see if we can get him on camera. That's what I'm hoping. I feel like this yeah. is all a setup to eventually get them on camera, not, you know, one of those fake Melissa Gorga storylines about maybe having another sister. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, is- like this feels interesting and something mm-hmm. that she's held back until now. And I'm, yeah. No, it is interesting. There, there is darkness in that Dallas money world. Like, I, I would love a little like doc, a docu-series about the Simmons name, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, there's so much darkness there. Right. And how, how he died is dark in itself, like of alcoholism. And yeah, it, the whole thing is really, really. Didn't she find his body? I, I believe so. I believe that he, like drank too much and took pills one night and he it was missing like no one knew where he was like and i don't know if he, but like maybe he was just at his house but like he was supposed to be somewhere and no one had heard from him and then i think i think you're right i think it was deandra maybe who who found him i mean that's gotta that is awful uh, yeah. i mean yeah so i'm i'm interested in seeing the softer side of her i like that she's friends with tiffany i like that she is mm-hmm. you know a little more appearing to be more, I don't know, open-minded. I also, so if I could interview any housewife, right, I would choose her because she used to work in D.C. And I want to know about her life in D.C., like before she was in Dallas again and moved back, because she mentioned in this episode that she was traveling during SARS and she contracted SARS. And that was around the time that I thought she was working for the Bush administration. So I wasn't sure if she was traveling as part of work, but I would be really interested to know that. Carrie keeps writing her off as being a hypochondriac. And let me tell you, everyone is becoming a hypochondriac during this COVID pandemic, right? Absolutely. Like all of us have had our moments. She's having some guy blow air up her nose which is you know the least covid safe um, yes (laughs) self-care and so when she wasn't feeling good like of course go get a covid test that's not a dumb thing to do that's something to make fun of her over and if she's panicking of course she should panic covid is awful she's in her 50s you know she's not 20 and she had sars before my god so I'm very interested in this Deandra Carey dynamic. I bet she is an easy person to get on the show. I think you can do it. Yeah. On your show. Well, yeah, I've, just reach out to her. Um, I think I tried once and didn't hear much back. So. Just unsend the message because you can unsend. <laughs> you on, can? On, yes, you can. This is something I learned in starting a podcast because one time... I won't say who she did end up coming on the podcast. But I accidentally <laughs> sent the wrong template to someone to, cause I have a template of what I send to people. Yeah. 
when I'm asking them to come on, but I obviously plug in like genuine like things about who they are and how I know them and all that stuff. And I sent, um, <laughs> I sent someone, uh, the wrong template. And then, and then I like literally was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I did that. And they were like, you know, you can unsend. That's amazing. And I, was like, I was like, it just all happens. So you mean fast. unsend via email or unsend no, no. via Instagram? I, I, I reach oh. out via Instagram. So I, I think you can just go back and unsend whatever. Did you reach out via Instagram? I'm assuming. Yeah, it was a while ago, but we've DM'd since, but not about that. I doubt that she would remember that first DM. But it's there. No, I'm saying, but you can still unsend it. Okay. Okay. Like you can unsend anything. I'm going to work on this. This is going to be a goal for 2021 to, you know, because it's there. Bravo PR does not like to have their talent talk to almost anyone unless mm-hmm. it's like a certain podcast that they've already pre-approved. And right. I'm not trying to get clickbait, right? I just want to talk to her about her life in DC because I find that fascinating. <laughs> 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 well, that's what PR doesn't want. They don't right. want these clickbait situations. And they don't want people to talk about the current season, mm-hmm. especially things that haven't aired yet. Okay, so or don't so make it there. So reach we'll out see. towards the end of the season. There's not much that, yeah, like maybe like pre-filming mm-hmm. reunion or something. We'll work on it. I, th- I think I, we can I, make it happen. I, we we need to manifest this for you because you we're going to manifest this. it. I yeah. know, and I'm willing to talk. I would also love to talk to Bronwyn about her time in DC, but I don't think she was working in DC, so I don't know. I forgot that she she mentioned it this season on the OC, and I was like, wait, you spent time here? Like, what were you doing here? What was Sean doing? Oh my god, Bronwyn, Bronwyn, Bronwyn. Okay, we we don't have to get into Bronwyn. No, no, I just have so many thoughts. Like I'm yeah. happy to get into Bronwyn. I I I haven't watched much of OC. I I've like dabbled in and out, and then watched like I'm talking referring to this season. I watched the finale um the other night. Okay, um, well we can talk about Bronwyn a little bit at the end. Yeah. Okay, I was okay. thinking. Yeah, um, so Carrie uh, and Deandra are having this. Feud. I guess they had been on the road together, selling their products together, and just are not getting along. Yep. What do you think of Carrie's like constant shading of Deandra and just like picking at her? So here's the thing: is like I think she's acting like a child. A, but B, like I'm known when my friend group to like like the way I show love with my friends is like giving people shit. And like, I like to receive it too. So I, there's part of it. It was like, I like see it. And I'm sure I've been at a brunch one time when someone was like, Tom is nagging on me like way too much right now. And that's like, I, I was watching her do that. And I was like, fuck, I think I've been that person before. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but just, like I, but yeah. I do think she is, I think Carrie is a child. Like she's, she's, 50 going on 16, you know? I 100% agree. And I feel like her daughter's more like a mother almost or just so much more mature than her. It was just very interesting to see her daughter, Olivia, you know, talking about moving back from college from LA and seeing her friends in Texas and realizing they're racist. And with all the stuff's going on with Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. you know, she's like, we need to speak out. Like, this is not okay. And she's crying and she's upset. And I thought this would be a moment between Carrie and her daughter to talk about Black Lives Matter and her daughter's feelings about all of it. And instead, Carrie made it about 
herself and talked about how her mom wasn't there for her and she wants to be there for her daughter. And it just was such, I thought, a missed opportunity to talk about the actual issue that Olivia wanted to discuss. No, I completely agree. She shut it down. It's like she didn't hear. It was like, do not, does not compute. Like she <laughs> said, like racism. <laughs> Despite like, it's so crazy how Carrie was the center of a racist storyline last season on Dallas. And she has no way of reacting to that interaction. And then she has such an interesting view on the Brandy Tiffany thing too. I don't know. Carrie... I think she didn't like that Leanne went after her. And when mm-hmm. she was made into a victim, she had no problem going along with that narrative. Yeah. You I know? think you're right. <laughs> oh, man. Right. So then, you know, Tiffany has Deandra and Stephanie over. And Tiffany's house is so amazing. She's got a wine cellar. And you can actually see Wild. it looks like a museum. You can see the so, rock formations in the right. ground. So we said this on um, our this week's episode of our podcast, but just some insight to people listening about Dallas and just like Texas, like land. I have seen, I probably have seen one basement in Dallas. Like basements don't exist in Dallas because of the the bedrock or whatever the 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 rock is that is on like supports like the Texas. Yeah. <laughs> like, There's just aren't there. And the only time there would be a basement is if there was a hill, but there's also not that many hills. So the fact that they were able to break ground into a basement, like that's why that's probably half the reason that rock is exposed because it's like, you don't, you don't see that. Like I've been in some large houses in the Dallas Metroplex and even those like no one has access to something like that. That's fascinating to know. I would assume that Texans had basements because there were tornadoes. Like where do you go when there's a tornado? your bathtub or under the stairs like you you don't have like no one has basements like i remember watching like i remember as a kid watching like twister and seeing people like with like cellar doors that they'd Uh go down into and i'm like i remember literally as a kid being like wait we're fucked like we we don't have that because i grew up in minnesota and there were tornadoes and you would go into the basement right and you would shut all the doors that would even show potential like windows so we would shut all the doors and then stay down there and turn on like the weather radio or the tv to see what was going on interesting so this is a big deal that she's got this wine cellar yeah it is a big deal i i was shocked my sister and i were like basement in texas once again does not compute like i was very confused wow so she also shows off this incredible closet right it's so funny that people still call them closets on these shows they are full-on rooms upon rooms upon rooms and she uses like a biometric reader to get in (laughs) that was a gag because here's the thing that door is not like you could just kick down that door like if you were like robbing if you're robbing her like that door is not like a metal door like you could literally just like slam your side up against it and it would it would crash down. So the reader made no sense. What I will say though about the closet was one, I thought it was beautiful. Two, that's why you watch Housewives. Three, Stephanie, you had a whole season about how you had a pool in your foyer. In your living you room. All this, it's like, okay, so you can flaunt, but she can't. It was it, that I thought that was so bizarre. It was so bizarre. And on BravoTV.com, Stephanie did an entire tour of just her bathroom. 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm struggling to feel um, like she was on the right there. I heard a rumor that Stephanie owns part of the production company that mm-hmm. produces the Real Housewives of Dallas, and yes, that I that's that. why she always gets a good edit and why Brandy is still on and all of that. I I like Stephanie. I think she is a good soul. I think she is a good person. But there's definitely stuff there that we're not seeing about her. You know, she's not yeah. perfect. No, she's not perfect. I think we're overestimating like the amount of like reach she could like her, like control she could have in terms of like storyline and things like that. You know, like, I, don't, I don't think that producers. Yeah. I don't think like an investor or like a like a small level producer in a in a production company could sway something as much as like hiding storylines, you know? I don't think she's controlling the storyline, but I do think there are things that were not seen that are there, right? Yeah. And I, I'm yeah, not yeah. saying it's because of her or the producers. I just think she's always shown in such a positive light. There have to be things that are not positive about her, right? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 interesting to think about. Well, so, it's kind of similar to, do you watch Married to Medicine? I do not, but I know I need to get okay. into it. People a, love watch it. Watch Married to Medicine because it is so good. And uh, Mariah, um, one of the cast members on Married to Medicine, she what she like essentially had the like like the idea of the show and pitch it to Bravo, her and her husband. And so they are like very low level producers on the show. And so after a couple seasons, they actually started to bring that storyline into the show, where like the women would be like. Oh, because because she got demoted to a friend of despite her being a producer at one point. And she like it comes up in the reunions a lot where it's like, did you cast us on the show? Are you mad? Do you only show up to events because it's because you get a paycheck? You get two paychecks like the, it's interesting. They they like, actually address it. I love that kind of stuff. That's what I and, wish they would have done on this past season of Vanderpump Rules. I wish it would have been a show about the show more than trying to pretend that this is some sort of organic group of friends still. The show that would have been so much like more fighting about contracts, finding out Sheena's underpaid and Jax is the highest paid. Like think about how they reacted to finding that information out. The fact that Sheena was a friend of like on contract was so bizarre. So so bizarre. Oh man. I love Sheena. <laughs> I'm a huge Sheena fan. Huge. Yep. Um so then the whole big part of the the main event of this episode is that Tiffany invites the ladies for dim sum and you know Cam uh and Stephanie are not interested in eating chicken feet and Cam especially and you see Tiffany trying to share her culture and you know say different Chinese words with them and all of that. And I don't think the ladies were as respectful as they could have been, but that was my, no, I have a real issue with like, I think that they're the next level in um, America. Remembering how racist they are is (laughs) there's a lot of race racism behind cuisines and the way we um, make them our own and the way we don't respect them. And, you know, like there's delicacies that it shouldn't be funny that someone eats something, you know, like that's not, that is not nice. Like Americans eat like some pretty psycho foods. Yeah, <laughs> like hot dogs. We, 
hot dogs. Wait, I think we talked about this about we were yes, talking about the hot dog eating contest and how horrifying <laughs> that must be to foreigners right. that come here no, and watch. So, and here's the thing: there are things that I don't like, and like if I'm just sitting there being like, "Oh, I'll pass," like it's okay. Like, but it's, but but putting your like tongue down your throat and like being like, "I don't want that." It's like, are you? Like eight years old, like or like saying you need a barf bag. That just was put, you can put on your plate and just be like, "Thank you so much." Like I, I learned so much about like what's like because actually there's like collagen in them. Like th- that's interesting. Like I would love to learn about that. You know, I think had Cam been like, you know, I'm r- really appreciate you sharing this. I have a sensitive stomach and I'm just not comfortable trying this new foods. Right. But right. I, you know, will eat what seems to appeal to me and please keep teaching me, I think it would have been met better by Tiffany. But because of the energy that she had been giving towards Tiffany, I think Tiffany was a little bit more combative. Now, Mm. I'm a little weird about certain foods because I grew up keeping kosher. Mm. And so I never had pork or shellfish. And then as an adult, I found out I was allergic to shellfish. So I never go to dim sum, even though everyone says how amazing it is because so many things are pork or shellfish. And I wouldn't want to feel pressured to eat certain things because I choose not to for religious reasons or because it's just not part of my culture. But I think Tiffany wasn't trying to pressure in. I think it came off a little more intense than maybe what she really was trying to do. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. And they they just, none of them were respectful. I thought it was really... Carrie seemed actually. Sorry, I shouldn't say none of them. Carrie and DeAndre. Carrie and DeAndre were like, sure, yeah, let's try this. Okay. Like, Carrie's like, can you bring more hot sauce? Yeah, right. What's that new woman's name, the redhead? Um, Jen. Jen. I think I might like Jen. She hasn't done or said anything yet. And so. Show her vagina. Oh, yes. Yes. They talked about that. Yes. (laughs) That's not nothing. (laughs) That is not nothing. You are correct. That is so funny that I forgot about that. That was only last week. Yeah. I don't know much about her. I'm confused as to why they wouldn't have made her a housewife. Like, why is she just a friend of? Yeah. She's She's at every, she's at all the events. Yeah. We need to get to the bottom of that. I agree. I I hope she gets like an, I'm sure she'll get like an interview and like a little more storyline later on. Yeah. So any final thoughts on Dallas before we move on to Salt Lake? No, I don't think so. I, I'm i excited to see what happens. Uh, I hate that Cam had to do what she did on Watch What Happens Live because I do love Cam for my <sighs> like entertainment purposes, you know? I know. And I'm happy to educate everyone more on the basement culture in Dallas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to message you anytime I have a question about these ladies yeah, and whether or not please. something's real. Right. Because you, you, you told me last week that I was like, is Dallas society a real thing? Right. Mm-hmm. And you said, yes. No, it is. It is. And then which of the housewives actually is in true Dallas society? So from my understanding, once again, I could be wrong. I for those if you know Dallas, I grew up in Flower Mound, which is like a suburb just north of Dallas. So I didn't grow up in Dallas Metroplex, but my mom and dad worked in Dallas. I have friends that live in a, live in Dallas as adults. My understanding is that the Westcott name is like legit because I think her name's Randy Westcott. Randy is the mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Yeah. She she is someone like that's some that's someone you would see at high level charity events and things like that. My understanding is that the Simmons name is not as as well known 
Like, because remember the fir- on their first season, Cam and Deandra, a huge storyline was like both of their last names are like massive. So I, I know a lot of people that know Westcott. Don't, I don't know a lot of people that know Simmons. What I will say that I said that we said <laughs> on my podcast was that I have a friend that works in nonprofit in Dallas and charities. And when I asked her if she knew Leanne Locken, she said she never heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there you go. That is funny. Um, okay. So let's get into Salt Lake City. So That's everyone good. is just processing this big fight that happened at Coach Shaw's golf slash hip hop birthday party. <laughs> just Right. White party, gays and gals forever. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so um, Jen's really embarrassed about how she freaked out and screamed and was drunk and broke a glass. And she's feels even more alone because her husband, Sharif, isn't even talking to her right now. And Whitney and Heather are trying to figure out what where things kind of went left. And it's interesting that Heather, her goal for this confrontation with Jen was to get Jen to realize that Meredith and Lisa are not her real friends. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize there was such, I don't know, not animosity. I don't know what the word is, but you know, an issue between Heather and Meredith and Lisa. So I find that really interesting. Yeah, I think that um, something that they're not talking about that like, I think we could, I've kind of like deduced is that Lisa and Meredith, so Lisa and Meredith were friends forever, like pre the show. Jen and Heather have been friends pre-show and Heather and Whitney have been friends pre-show. Mm-hmm. Well, we were their cousins, but yeah, yeah. I think when casting happened and when they started filming like pre-tapes and they heard about who was involved, Jen became buddy-buddy with both Meredith and Lisa because she felt like they are, they kind of come across like the popular girls of like the bunch, you know, Lisa saying that she's like queen of Sundance and all that stuff. I think that throughout the show, like there, she's been bouncing back and forth between these two groups. And I think Whitney and Heather are like, Hey Jen, girl, like we've known you for longer. And like, these are your show friends. Like these are not your like real friends. Like we are like, I think that that's the one part of it that they're not allowed to say, you know? Yeah. That makes so much more sense. And I don't know why I didn't figure it out earlier. Like I I didn't just figured it out. I don't, I didn't (laughs) think Jen and Lisa were that close or Jen and Meredith. I guess Jen and Meredith because they did that sleepover thing. Yeah. But I, I still don't buy that they because because M- M- Jen, I don't know, I, I don't buy it. I don't. I want a timeline of their all these friendships because of the changing over of production teams and all that stuff that happened. I think there's just a much longer timeline to the show that we aren't privy to. Definitely, that is for sure. It's just interesting that Lisa and Meredith are. It seems like they're in their own group. And even in this episode, when Lisa had that luncheon with a tequila tasting and she only invited like these prominent female business owners and only invited Meredith, like why does she get to have an event that's filmed that doesn't include more than two members of the cast? I think, uh, yeah. Also, Heather has a huge successful business. Exactly. I would be super offended if I was Heather and she clearly was offended. Yeah. I, yeah, 
I think that there is going to be some beef between Heather and Lisa at the reunion because we don't have any scene. We have no scenes with Heather and Meredith and Heather and Lisa. I know. The only thing we had was the beginning when they were fighting, but we have no we have no scenes between Meredith and Heather for all like they might not even know each other. And what I think is going to be really interesting is Heather is everyone's favorite on the mm-hmm. show. She has emerged as a fan favorite. Right. And I think Lisa and Meredith expected to be the fan favorites. Right, because Meredith and Lisa are textbook. Like you could like you could put them into another franchise and be like, oh yeah, like they look like real housewives, you know? Yeah. And Heather is just such a breath of fresh air because she's real. She's a real woman. Like she's not like she, her, her shape is like so beautiful and like she owns her body in a way that we don't have that on any franchise, which is so, you know, ridiculous. Like she's just like, she's just a person like, like she feels like us, you know, yeah. and not like a over plastic surgery, um, you know, entrepreneur exactly <laughs> quote unquote was was lisa drinking at that thing so i think lisa does drink okay and because when they at when coach shaw asked her and her husband about what's like to own a liquor company as members of lds she came up with this whole thing about how she's that's cultural LDS and she's like spiritual LDS, which right. from my understanding of being like what it means to be Mormon, like that's not a thing. Like either you are Mormon and you abide by the rules or you're not. Right. That's that's just everything I've ever known or heard about the church or people I know that are part of the church. So she just kind of made up her own thing and yeah. then is like on the show putting it out there and i would be really interested to hear what people who are part of the lds church think about kind of casting off some of the quote-unquote rules as oh you know that's just a cultural mormon thing yeah yeah it's i don't i think i feel like that's not a thing like i grew so the suburb i grew up outside of dallas was i would say like a quarter of my high school was mormon like a pretty large portion of our town was and I never knew one Mormon that was like a bad Mormon, like a Mormon that just like broke some rules growing up. Like everyone was like, like no caffeine, you know, all that stuff as kids. Like I've never heard of the term culturally, culturally Mormon. I've never heard of it either. It's real. Yeah. Like I knew Mormons in high school that wore sleeved dresses to prom. Yeah. 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 It's so I find that very interesting. Um, so no judgment on <laughs> anyone for being culturally Mormon. It's just something that's like not like some like I, I'm not judging them. It's just I, I don't have an understanding that if that's really a thing because I've only understood it to be very strict. So it's my under so like I'm Jewish and I grew up keeping kosher, but I grew up cons- like as a conservative Jew. So not everyone kept kosher, but when we went to certain events or things at the synagogue, everything would always be kosher. People who are Orthodox or modern Orthodox usually always fo- follow like the laws of Kashrut and typically are Shomer Shabbos, meaning they don't use technology on Shabbat or they don't drive on Shabbat, things like that. Yeah. So to be, to say like, oh, I'm an Orthodox Jew, but I eat, I don't know, bacon, like that does, that's not really a thing. But correct me if I'm it. wrong. Yeah. Like, I know plenty of people who are Orthodox and I yet to meet one that doesn't yeah. follow the rules of Kashrut. So, you know, it's just on drives on Saturdays. 
it's just like, okay, I don't know. If you want to be like that, then become conservative or reform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So, but I guess yeah. there's not layers of more, there's not different sects of being Mormon. You well, know? right. Yeah. Or denominations. I mean, no, no, no. Definitely not denominations. I mean, they strive for like the levels of heaven. Like that's like what like the core of Mormonism is about is like the level of heaven that you will be admitted into. And like for that to be the core of the religion and then for you to break all the rules, it doesn't really make sense to me. Like, I don't get it. I'd love to learn more about why that is okay, but I just don't get it. (laughs) I know. I don't get it either. So the kind of big thing that really happens this episode is that Jen, Whitney, and Heather go to some hippie, rustic spa three hours and 45 minutes away from Salt Lake, where they sit in bathtubs on top of a mountain and discuss the fight. I'm here for it, though. I want to go to this place. I want to go, too. It's. I was wondering if it was, like, natural spring water that was naturally heated. Yeah. Like, is that why? I think, it, I mean, I don't it? know, but it looked, it looked to be that way. Yeah. It seemed really interesting. So, you know, in the beginning, Jen basically was so frustrated that Whitney chose her husband's party as a time to confront her you know, knowing that she can be volatile, like, why bring it up at that moment? And Jen's not really taking blame. She's angry. She splashes the camera, walks away, and eventually comes back. And I think at that moment, Heather realized how much pain Jen was in. She said her husband wasn't talking to her. And so she, you know, asks Whitney to be a little bit more empathetic to Jen instead of just frustrated. And eventually, they all kind of apologize to each other. But the thing that I really walked away with was, you know, Heather feels like Jen, you know, exactly what you said, wants to be closer to Lisa and Meredith. Mm-hmm. And she worries that she'll lose Jen as a friend. And she she said, and I wrote this down because it really stuck with me. Um, Heather says, my experience is when I'm not the go-along, get-along girl, when I draw a line in the sand, when I show up as how I really feel, people leave me. And that broke my heart. Broke my heart. But that was so like open and well said about like a feeling that I think a lot of us have had in our lives. I know I felt that way like in the gay community. Sometimes the gay community can be really scary. Just like the judgment. There can be a lot of judgment with the, how you look and. Yeah. What percent you know, body fat and. Body. and eat carbs after well, 11. <laughs> sorry. Right, sorry. Honey, I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but, like, but like it's you know I, I i totally have felt that the way she said it i was just like oh my god it just it really hit me like like i think a lot of people have been in that place and that's one of the more vulnerable things we've ever heard on i think all, all these shows i 100 percent agree i can't i can't express in words how much i love heather gay like i love she's everything about her you know everything i know she's the best She's amazing. So I I think, you know, Jen is very open to her friendship with Heather um, and improving that, but she doesn't seem to be as excited about Whitney. No, we kind of know what happens though, because they were like, they've been coming for each other on Twitter via, like, uh, I mean, not via, uh, during this whole season. They have, but then last week when Whitney was under fire for her friend Sarah being this hardcore QAnon 
follower who went to D.C. for the Stop the Steal rally that turned Mm -hmm. very violent, she publicly distanced herself from Sarah and apparently before this even came to be reached out to Jen about like how to be part of unity in the country. Because I'm assuming Whitney is conservative and voted for yeah. Trump, and Jen, we all know, is liberal and voted for Biden. And I'm assuming she made a dress that, out of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming that Whitney was like, "Come on, we gotta all figure this out how to behave like a nation." So Jen stood up for Whitney last week about this. Okay, well, that's good. So I think we'll see. Jen, I think Jen gets super angry, but I think that I I'm. I'm curious to see the reunion because I think that she's going to forgive these women quicker than I th- we, we think she's going to, you know? I think so, too. Now, I've also heard that there's, for some reason, Mary wasn't able to film certain things and that almost all of her scenes are her in her closet. Well, and- we're seeing that. <laughs> I need to find out more of what exactly happened that she wasn't physically present at so many filming moments. It's weird. I I don't think she's going on this trip either. Really? I don't think so. I don't know. First of all, I don't, I do not know, but I think that they would have, she's been in the show so little that I think that they would have like put her in the promo of the Vegas trip at the end of this episode, but there was nothing of her there. Like we saw every other woman. We saw Heather, Whitney, Jen, Meredith, and Lisa. We all got little snippets of them um, doing things in Vegas, but we didn't get anything of Mary. Do you think that when they did the first iteration of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City with the other production company that mary wasn't cast at that point and then mary joined when they got the new production company what i've heard once again allegedly is that allegedly yes is that mary was in the first round as well but she was a friend of and they found her storyline to be so cuckoo with you know i mean uh, all of (laughs) who mary is and uh made her a full-time um but then I don't know what's happening now. Like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. And I, we need Mary. Like she's, I don't think Mary knows what's happening. No, 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 she doesn't either. (laughs) But but like, how are cameramen not like insisting that to film her going to lunch and stuff? Like she was so present in the first five episodes. Like she was in a lot. I know. Like she was filming one-on-one dinners with different people, with Meredith, with Whitney. She hosted a lunch. Like she was like doing things, like be very much participating. Yeah. So it's weird that all of a sudden she's just not there. She was going to parties for Sundance like a couple episodes ago. And then that was like the last episode we really had with her involved in things. I have no idea what happened. I'm going to do some digging into this. Yeah. So then um, we see Jen and her husband, Sharif Shah have this really intimate conversation where he hasn't spoken to her in four days. And, you know, she he's upset by how angry she gets when she drinks and how she flies off the handle. And Mm -hmm. she says she's numbing the pain of being alone because he's always gone for his job as a coach. And she's still very angry with him for not being with her when her father was in the hospital and she had to make the decision to take her father off life support and then not being there for the funeral. And I'm just a little concerned that she hasn't brought this up with him until this point. Agreed. That's the the concerning part. 
he, her father did not die while filming this show. Like her father died like a year like earlier a year ago. So it's been a whole year and you needed a cameraman's in your, you need cameramen in your bedroom to confront your husband about the fact that it hurt your feelings. He didn't go to your father's funeral. If my significant other didn't go to like something of that level, I would let them know the minute I got home that they were, that we were either done or that this is, going to be a huge problem like I, I don't know how she also she's so confrontational like i don't know how she wasn't able to confront him you know well she's confrontational with everyone else about things i don't think she cares about that much and she's taking it out on everyone around her instead of the one person that has yep. let her down do you think it is this culture of being a coach's wife where you just you're like i know what i married He's going to be gone all the time. Like, I'm not supposed to complain about it. I'm supposed to be supportive. And then it got to be too much when it was something where she really needed him. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I find her to be very attached to him. So I feel like, I feel like, like, I noticed a couple of weeks ago that she was so calm when she's around him. Like, she feels like at rest when he's there. Like, she's at her, like, neutral, like, normal place when he's there. And... I don't know. I, I feel like, I don't know where I'm going with this now, but I just, I feel like this all would have, should, should have come up earlier. And I don't really know why it hasn't. And yeah, I don't know. Is she scared of him? Do you think? I think maybe she's afraid that he'll leave her because his job matters more than their marriage. But I think that he really loves her. I think he's like, I need to work to make sure this family works. Like, like I need to work to make sure this house rental is paid off. And I get missing birthdays and anniversaries and all right. that if you have a job where you travel all the time. But the death of an immediate family member, you put everything on hold. However, I've heard from people who are wives of coaches and other things, like, it's almost you prove how strong you are by continuing to coach. So someone posted on social media something about how a coach of some college football team, his like daughter-in-law or someone very close to him died on in a plane crash on the way to the game and he still coached it. That's crazy. And that's I mean, considered that's like crazy. that's like part of the culture of college sports and college okay. football. Well, they're men throwing a ball around, so let's all like take a breath. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Not that deep, and getting like permanently injured as a result. Correct. Um, yeah. Well, you know something that's interesting about uh, Sharif is that he is not the head coach. (laughs) No, he's like the special teams coach. Right. And that's not to say anything bad about his job because he, he did, he was the lawyer for like the NFL. I don't know if you saw that. Like he was like, he he was a huge sports lawyer for a long time. And trying to make it so they can't get sued for giving CTE to all of the people. Well, you, you said it. (laughs) (laughs) And now we said it. And now we said it. (laughs) And that's not cool. (laughs) <laughs> no, I would. The NFL is not a place to work. No, 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 no. But um, I, I like he's been in this industry for a while, so I think she's probably used to it a little bit. But at the same time, he's not a head coach for this team. He is just like one of the assistant coaches. I think that they could be okay without him there for a game if he needs to go to his father-in-law's funeral. I mean. And it's not just the funeral, it's the being in the hospital, right? Like you need to be there with your wife while she's having to make a decision about end of life care. 
It is the most I've been there. My mm-hmm. brother and I and my dad had to make a decision about my mom, and my dad didn't want to pull the plug, even though there was no chance she could recover. Right. And he said, let's give her 24 hours, and if after 24 hours she doesn't die, then you can make the decision. And I'm like, wow. oh, great. He's going to make me kill my mother. Yeah, um, so it was awful. And so sorry. You know, it's when you're in love, when he's in love with his wife, he he couldn't process it, right? Yeah. Luckily, my mother died within that 24-hour period, and we didn't have to that make was that your call. Mom, that was your mom also being like, let me do this. No, it was like her sisters were there, and they like went, and they were like, Debbie, I know you never listened to us, but like, could you die, please? <laughs> like, it was, <laughs> like, it was such a tough moment. Right. And, you know, my brother's there. His wife is there. I'm there. My best friends flew in, came directly to the hospital. You need your people around you at that mm-hmm. moment. There is no other time in life where you need people that much. And for him to not be with her while she's having to make a decision like that, and for her to feel like it's weighing on her that she made a decision to kill her dad, which is not what that is, but it's how it feels when you're in, yeah. you know, when you're there. Yeah. I can't see how that's forgivable. I personally, obviously, no, I she agree. gives him a lot of grace and time and whatever, but it's time for him to start showing up. And of course, after all of this, yes, she gets depressed. Yes, she starts acting out, drinking more. And then he's the one that, like, you're crazy. You have to go on antidepressants. Like, no, she just lost her dad and had to make a horrible decision and was all alone. According to her. We don't know the whole story. Maybe she had other family there. I don't know. But I feel for her. I totally feel for her. I do, too. My heart breaks for her. But I And I will say that I really... This episode kind of made me come around on her a little bit more. Totally. Like, she was so raw. And it's like, this is, this is why we watch the show. It's to see you be real. Like, not see you, you know, make up storylines and run around town making spreading rumors about meredith like that makes for fun that makes for like the ball rolls with that i get that 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 we need petty storylines too but like we're really here to see you know the realness of it all not to lean too much into the title real housewives but that's why we love heather you know she's authentic and seeing her sit there with no makeup talking to sharif it's like this is authentically you and you're actually upset about this it was an amazing moment. And I did like that he said, like, I'm sorry, I'll be better and we can get better from here because you yeah. finally told me. But the fact that he didn't figure it out on his own has me very worried for him. Yeah, I'm interested to see. I'm interested. Uh, I'm invested in that marriage now. There is a lot more I want to know, you know? Same. I, you know, I didn't think we were going to get so much of him. Like in the previews, like we didn't have, like I assumed he was going to be MIA for like most of the kind of season. So I, I've been pleasantly surprised with how much uh, tea we're getting on their relationship. Me too. Me too. Okay. Speaking of tea, shall we have some sweet tea down South with Atlanta? Yes, let's do it. Oh my God. Let's do it. These ladies. I could not stop laughing this entire episode so about how Cynthia was convinced that they were going to some event with Joe Biden. First of all, she is smart enough to check on his whereabouts and knew that he was in Michigan, but they pointed out he could have a private jet and get down to Atlanta for an event as well. Second of all, we're in a pandemic. At this moment, 
Joe Biden was 77, and they were doing everything possible not to have him come in contact with people and get right. coronavirus. Why on earth do you think he would go into some event that was indoors <laughs> with right. a bunch of housewives? Well, and I was like, well, maybe... Like- <laughs> I know, it didn't make any sense. And I was like, well, maybe she thinks it's like for like fair fight or something like that like oh yeah but but because because like stacy abrams is such a like figure there i was like maybe there's a world in which she thinks it's for a fair fight to get the black vote in georgia which i see that but at the same time like if there is an event for fair fight that joe biden was going to i think that we would all see it on all of our instagrams <laughs> like it'd be very easy to find yeah it i mean and at this moment of filming things were still quite shut down around the country. Maybe not in Georgia, but, you know, they have this event and it's indoors and everyone's been COVID tested beforehand. Like, they're doing so much. It's just funny that she got convinced. I wonder what else was said on that text message to make her think that Joe Biden was coming. But it was so good. I loved it. So it was hilarious to see her so confused when she actually got to the engagement party, which is a surprise thrown by Kenya and I guess Candy too. Mm-hmm. That was so funny. I just oh, it was so funny. I laughed the entire Especially time. For someone who's so obsessed with this fucking hashtag, I couldn't believe she didn't notice it when she walked in. Chill hashtag chill was everywhere. There was an ice sculpture of it. It was. <laughs> it's just I cannot like... wait for her to recycle those freaking earrings that say hashtag chill that say fifty cent that say like all the because she wore one of the ear at the lingerie shop she was wearing another set of those earrings because she has also has the earrings that say 10 10 20 she has all of these like personalized wedding earrings like you're not like who do you think you are like there are catchphrases your catchphrases aren't sticking they're not that clever i i mean of course she's also gonna have bridesmaids because if you're having a 250 person wedding you're gonna have bridesmaids what is your opinion on bridesmaids like in general like what's um, your what's what's your thought on like wedding like traditions like i like in terms of like do you think big small like are are, are you married i'm not married okay so Um, what would be your day then like i would want a big wedding i get it i would want that because i would want everyone that i love and care about to be in the same room at the same time Mm -hmm. so that they could all meet each other too because if i love all of them then i think they'll all love each other of course i think whatever people want is what they should do right um What sucks is that in our culture, weddings have become this huge industry that has been overblown and makes it hard for people to have weddings of their dreams because it's so expensive. And at the end of the day, you should care more about a marriage than you care about a wedding, right? So I think people can get over-focused. However... I think it's fun to have bridesmaids as long as it's a for fun thing and you're not obsessed with tradition or what they're supposed to do or what they're not supposed to do. I don't know. I'm all about just like a big fun party that everyone can be at. I also am not big on making everyone have the exact same dress or anything like that. Yeah, that's so I feel like that's so dated, you know, I feel like that doesn't happen that much anymore. Yeah. I mean. I think the younger you are when you get married, the more likely you are to adhere to traditions because you don't know better and all the weddings you've been to do the same kind of thing. But then as you get older, you're like, oh, I can make this my own. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. 
I, I, I agree with that. I have a friend who is in the middle of wedding planning, which is a nightmare in itself because of COVID, but they, their plan is to do a like 15 person ceremony and then have a blowout party the next evening, which I think is so fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's something that I would want to do is like have something small with just like who you would have as bridesmaids, who would you, who you would have like from your family. And then the next day just have like this like massive, like, rager and you don't have to wear your uncomfortable dress while you're dancing and everyone can just have a good time yeah i don't think i could wear an uncomfortable dress regardless yeah no 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 no, no. i, 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 I don't know it. yeah yeah you gotta have something with pockets but because <laughs> i care so much about having a big party i wouldn't want to get married during a pandemic like I, I would I would either do the wedding real small like in a backyard and then plan a party year or two later mm-hmm. or yeah I don't know I mean I can my- think of about <laughs> 20,000 better options for a wedding than what Cynthia is planning on doing uh in this season yeah I also am not big on like an uptight everyone has to follow a certain dress code kind of a thing yeah the black not tie yeah it's it's too much I want to get married at the beach Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, please invite me. Yes. It's going to be the biggest effing party I have ever thrown in my life. And I'm going to have okay, a well, blast there. doing it. I nail weddings. Like I nail, I'm, I'm like my sister and I, we like famously like, like the next morning, everyone's like, did you see Tom and kicks like on the oh dance my God, floor? That's who I am. Oh my God. People call that. it wedding Mandy. It's like a yeah. personality of me that comes out at weddings where I am like dancing the entire time. I never remember to have cake. Mm. I am like profusely sweating by the right. end. Oh, yeah. I come one alive. eyelash on, one eyelash off, like um, yes. dancing with somebody's uncle to yeah. like whatever song from the, the 1960s. Song, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love dancing. It's can't wait to dance again like <laughs> with people it's so sad <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I can't wait to dance again it's that was just, one of the saddest it is so sad but with covid think of the last time you've been somewhere dancing with no, people no it's been forever i'm just like <laughs> i'm so like, sad i feel like we're about to sing like i'll never love again from sorry <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I want to go to like a bar mitzvah. Okay, you know? I've never been to a bar oh, mitzvah. Oh, Tom, Tom. My bar mitzvah party was so fun. And it was, you know, I grew up in Minnesota. It wasn't like people did these extravagant, like LA style mm-hmm. one, you know, where yeah. you have like Snoop Dogg perform. It was, it was just like a good time. And yeah, so, well, I don't know, you get a DJ and... right. I mean, where I grew up, we had one close family to us was Jewish, but that was the only like Jewish family I knew in my entire high school. I went to high school okay. with 3000 people like and there was no one Jewish. And like I was they were he was much younger than me. So like by the time I was in college was when he had his bar mitzvah. So I didn't get to go to it. But no, I've never been. It's like, I'm like, can someone just invite me to one? Like, I just want to go. Like, oh. like even, I can know okay. the kid adjacent. If like- I have children. <laughs> You'll yes, be at right. the bar bar mitzvah because that wait. will be a party. I had the best time planning mine with my mom. Mm-hmm. So, like, my mom was like, "We're gonna have a good time with this." Like, you, first of all, you go to like every Saturday. You study for it for three years for right. me at least. Like, I learned 
everything. I led the entire service for over three hours, all in Hebrew. Okay, but flex. It was, yeah, it was a big <laughs> deal. And yeah, then my mom let me make all the decisions with her, you know, about colors and themes and, yeah. you know, who we honor at the party and uh, just all kinds of stuff. And we had yeah. fun doing it. Like, we had a good time. And, I mean, part of why I think – I feel like I'm in therapy right now. Part of why I – I'll have, never dance again. <laughs> with like the wedding stuff, like it's hard for me to imagine getting married because my mom passed away. Yeah, like yeah. not having her to do it with me because we would have had so much fun. Like we didn't right. argue. We didn't, you know, I didn't ask for things that were above the budget. You know, we just had a nice time. It was a fun thing. And so when I remember hearing people like argue with their parents about wedding planning or whatever, I was like, I don't know, maybe maybe we would have argued, but we usually were but on the same page. You have this memory, though, of like the two of you planning yeah. this moment together. Like that's going to be with you forever. Like, and it would have been with you forever, regardless of whether she was here or not. Like, it sounds yeah. like it was so special, special to you. And like, you, you'll always have that. And you know what? Maybe it's, <laughs> you know, maybe he would have fought. So the like, memory is she, great. But <laughs> you guys, There was one, not like argument, but at, it used to be, I don't know if people to do this, you like light candles and honor people um, mm -hmm. at the party or whatever. So, you know, your grandparents, your teachers, whoever. And I didn't want to have fire at my party. I had always been afraid of fire. I don't like candles, um, at least not with like a little match. I have to use one of those like blowtorch things. Yeah. And my mom was like, but everyone does this. Come on, you know, we can do it. And I was like, no, we're gonna have to find a different way. So my theme of my bat mitzvah was flowers because my mom had a degree in botany and we've Amazing. always planted flowers together. Yeah. And so we had a fake garden with fake flowers. And then I had people plant these like fake flowers in this garden. And I was like, you know, grandparents, they get a rose for whatever reason. And so, and so was a sunflower for whatever reason. My mom and I thought it was so funny that we came up with this all because I have a fear of lighting a match and I was oh, so Minnie, scared. That is the sweetest story. <laughs> it was so fun. Yeah. And like you have that. Like you should incorporate that somehow into your wedding too. Oh, dear. <laughs> I can't even think about it. <laughs> Wait, so this has gotten so off track. But I, speaking of flowers, uh, my friend got, I, one of my best friends got married um, this past summer. They did like a small 15 person wedding um, in Brooklyn Bridge Park. And oh, I, and I officiated it. Ooh. You know, I'm ordained. That's amazing. <laughs> but um, the night before, um, something to think about with flowers. So there's this thing, they call it a flower ceremony. And what happens is you bring all of your like closest friends or family, whoever you want to be there to, you know, a room. And you put out on a table like uh, different bouquets of flowers that, and the, the uh, bride picks out the bouquets. They pick out like what they think are just their favorites. And so... When everyone gets there, the first thing they do is they go to the table of bouquets and they pick a flower there that reminds them of the bride. And so then they grab that flower and they go sit down in a circle. And so everyone gets flowers sit in a circle and you go in a circle and each person says like what it is, like maybe what that they love about the bride or when, what was the first time they met the bride or, you know, it's just what, a story that you love and why the flower reminds you of them. And then after you tell the story, you take the the um, petals off, like the the head of the flower, 
and you put it into a big bucket that's filled with water. And so everyone does that. And then the morning of the wedding, uh, she, the, the bride or whoever bathes with the, the water from the flower, from all the flowers of like everyone uh, who was there. So it's like having your family, your friends with you, like as you head into uh, this special day. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Isn't that so cool? That is so cool. Yeah, I didn't I it was so funny. When we did it, um, we were like heading there and my friend, my best friend Rachel, she's like she like is a little witchy and like crystals and all that stuff. And yeah. so I was like, we were like, is this gonna get like deep? Like, what is this gonna be? Like, I don't wanna cry. Like, let's just like make this like short and sweet. Like we were just like weren't sure like what we were getting ourselves into. And we sit down and we literally just start sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> we get there like Rachel, the flower reminds me though. <laughs> it was it was it was beautiful. Highly suggest. Oh my god, I love that idea. Yeah, I feel like oh, that'd be so fun to watch on Atlanta, but it probably would become a bit oh, of an I issue. Think it'd be hilarious, just like well, Porsche would be so funny. So oh the party was really nice, but. It definitely gets a little bit sideways when Kenya brings up drama and whatever. And then um, LaToya shares Kenya's nude photo with everyone, which it just felt like it wasn't the time or place for that. But I, I think also, they're all here for it because they, they're yeah. they're vets to reality television. They like know what's yeah, happening. They know, you know what's up. Also, Kenya looks fierce. I'm like, she no does look be, fierce. No one should be like upset about this photo. Like she looks good. I didn't realize she had butt implants. No, she doesn't. Oh, so why did Marlo say that? Because like there's been drama forever about people saying that her butt is fake. Like, do you remember when Phaedra oh. and Portia had oh, sorry not Portia Phaedra and Kenya had like the butt video feud oh, this where they a while both, ago yes where they both made oh. videos like workout videos to get a bigger yeah. a bigger butt it was stallion booty versus donkey booty. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. Phaedra was always saying that okay. Kenya's butt was implants and so like there was no video that could get you that butt because that's just fake right Although, I don't think it's fake I, I don't know I think butt implants are a lot more popular than I knew. Yeah, I don't know anyone that has them, but I mean, I, I don't know anyone, but you know. I guess like, yeah, but the Kim K has, has to have them. Oh, all of the Kardashians have them. Th- yeah. Those are not natural curves. No, no. They also sleep in waist trainers, but that's like oh, another issue. God. Um. So what else happens? Um. Oh, really wanted to talk about Portia's lovely conversation with her mom and her sister in preparation of her writing this book. So mm-hmm. I for, I always forget that Miss Diane, that Lauren isn't her daughter because they all hey. get along so well. And they had this amazing conversation about how Portia's parents got divorced when she was three. And so she only saw her dad on weekends. And then her dad remarried and they had Lauren and just like the different experiences between Lauren and the dad and Portia and the dad, and then the impact of losing their dad on them. And they were crying and hugging. Yeah. And it was a really beautiful moment. I, yeah, I, I, I love that family. They are also beautiful and smart and witty. And I just love, 
and I love that there's no drama there. Like, like I know they were talking about past things with the father and stuff, but like the three of them don't have drama. Like, I'm so happy that that's never been a storyline that's been brought into this television show. Like, I just love to see the three of them just like, you know, running, running that family and taking care of PJ and they don't, they don't need men, you know? And that all starts with Miss Diane. Like yes, she made all of it work by being friendly with the stepmom, by, you know, embracing Lauren as a, another daughter that she loves. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it was amazing. I was laughing a lot, though, about how Portia is a vegan and Lauren brings hot dogs from a competitor. <laughs> so not from the hot dog man. <laughs> right. I think that she's like vegan-ish. Like, I feel like I've seen her eat meat. Like, I think she goes in and out of vegan. Okay. She claims that it intensifies her sexual experiences. But she also I'm, wants to do something for the planet. <laughs> I'm, I am vegan-ish, actually. I eat fish, but like, I'm mostly vegan. I'm like mostly dairy-free mm-hmm. um, and plant-based. But... um. I don't know that it's increased my sex drive. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Portia, I don't know if this is a thing. But if you think it's a thing, that's amazing. I mean, I can imagine you don't feel sexy after eating a tub of like full dairy ice cream. But, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'm sure you feel lighter when you're like not eating like a whole Domino's cheese pizza. Like, I don't want to have sex after that, obviously. But it is weird, though, that like humans are the only animal that continues to drink milk and have milk Other products species. like post being weaned you know yeah that is like weird. it's not really natural that's why that. so many people um are lactose intolerant because it's right. not that natural to have i guess we're not having human milk we're having animal milk but still oh my god now my mind is now racing with all okay. different <laughs> So then um, we see Riley go off to college and they do a beautiful montage of her growing up on the show. And you see Mm -hmm. Ace being so sad that she's leaving. And it was just a really beautiful moment. He is so sweet. That little Ace. He's so cute. He's so cute. Him in that suit with his hair. With his bow tie. And his bow tie. Oh, my God. He is so sweet. I I just want like. The Atlantic Antics. Kids. Yeah. Oh, same. They're all great. I, I want an ace. I'm like, yeah. can that just be my kid when I like want kids? He seems so perfect. Anything else on Atlanta? No, I don't think so. I, I, the only thing um, I want more of is more Drew Sedora being actually like in group scenarios. Me too. The, the Atlanta women really thrive when they're in a group scenario because they're also funny and they just are so quick that like when I don't care for the episodes when they're all just like in their own storylines. So I was happy we got a dinner here. I just wish that Drew was there, but I know that she's dealing with some family stuff with, because I think yeah, um, yeah. her husband's father passed away. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah, she wasn't in the episode at all. I know. It was sad. So we're <sighs> just getting started. I'm sure there's so much more to come with Atlanta. So. So before we wrap up, I want to get your thoughts on Bronwyn. I know you haven't seen yeah. the whole season of The OC, but you mentioned mm-hmm. that you had some thoughts on her because um, you've kind of tapped in and out. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't been watching. Um, not, not, it started because of all the Kelly stuff. I just it wasn't even like a protest. It was just like a I can't do it. Like I just didn't want to watch like her have these thoughts on my television screen. It's just hard, you know. Um, but I've been missing 
like Shannon because <laughs> she's cuckoo. So I've been popping in and out. Like I'll see it, like I'll see the last bits of it on before I watch Salt Lake. So I've caught little storylines here and there. Um, but Bronwyn, you know, I've been reading all the things about her this season. It started out, I think it was like amazing how open she was being about her alcoholism. I think it's disgusting how Kelly is saying that like her, she's lying about that just for a storyline. I think that's so fucked up and so problematic for people with um, addiction issues. Where I'm, I'm starting to, to not turn on her, but I just have questions. Did you see this Watch What Happens Live drama about how it was a big week for Watch What Happens Live? Uh, the drama about how uh, she happened to be seen by paparazzi. Yeah, like the day. I don't buy it. And then on Watch What Happens Live, she was like, paparazzi sit outside of my house because um, Kelly released my address. And it's like, I like literally, like, do you remember? I don't that reunion buy it with, at all. No, I don't buy it at all. Do you remember that reunion when Luann was like, the paparazzi are always here. And, and Annie Cohen and Bethany were both like, we both like live in the Hamptons and like, I've never seen paparazzi follow either of us. And we're arguably more famous. Than yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, Bethany was like, I live next to Madonna and there aren't paparazzi outside of her house. So like the fact that there are paparazzi like crawling to Sag Harbor to see what you and your dog are doing, it just doesn't make any sense. So right. and especially in is that, the like, beaches I, in Newport, like they're not there. She's calling no. photographers on herself. 1000 billion percent. I think she is crazy. Like she really has some stuff going on that like I think she needs to take a little break from the show. Like the Oh, I agree. I said this on last episode, how I just, I feel like she needs to do some work on herself a la Dorinda and come back to us when she's a little more healed. Because right now I feel like she's continuing to spiral, but she's still sober, but that doesn't mean there are not problems. I think that the sobriety, like, I think there's a connection between sobriety and calling the paparazzi. Like, I think there's a connection with her being like, look, like, I'm doing things that are involving me like getting drunk on bars. Like she wants like more footage. I think she's, she got addicted to the footage of her being like normal on this television series that like, she just wants that. Like she wants the footage out there. She wants articles out there about her to like prove to the world that she really is staying strong with her sobriety. When I think that she might need to talk to like her mentor um, or what do you call in the 12 step program? your sponsor i feel like that might be more of a conversation for your sponsor and your therapist than for tmz the the issue i have with bronwyn is well it's not my issue it's just people and i've said this before people say she's a dry drunk so she's sober but she continues to have all the same behaviors that she did when she was drinking i've never heard of this term before yeah and it's a term that a lot of people who have gotten sober um, mm-hmm. So she still doesn't take accountability for her actions. She still lies routinely. She still can be very combative. Things right. that you did when you were drinking, now you're sober, but you're, you haven't changed these behaviors that are problematic. Yeah, And she's someone who I think strikes me as someone who, who lies about mm-hmm. things that are unconsequential. And yeah. I never understand Like, it makes me feel very confused when you're around people who just casually lie about things that don't matter at all. So when people like that, like there's an article that came out recently and it mentions that she's been married for 26 years, but I think she's only 42. So 
for that, like she would have had to get married at 16. 16. And she didn't meet Sean till she was 19. So like, why not? And they didn't get married immediately. They got married right after college. So I don't know. I'm just, why that not? That does not seem like a, a, like a small lie. That's the big one. I thought that they just had their vow renewal for 20 years. Right. So why, maybe it was a, a mistake, but I've heard her use a number that's more than 20 before. So maybe they've been together 22 years, 23 years, whatever. I don't know that she just seems in to the end of, she's winning though because we're talking about it like i think this is literally what she wants she wants you know? she wants attention she needs attention i think she didn't get enough attention as a child and she's still craving it and you know last week my guest mentioned that you know people who start drinking heavily kind of stop maturing at whatever age they start abusing mm-hmm. and it sounds like she as a teenager started to abuse alcohol and she acts like a teenager. Yeah. And it was interesting. Kelly, um, no, not Kelly. Uh, Emily had some post on, you know, ask me anything on Instagram and people asked if she had a nanny and she was like, no, and I don't want one. I, you know, didn't go through like five miscarriages, lose twins, have, you know, this very difficult IVF and surrogacy journey to have mm-hmm. somebody else raise my children. And I felt like it was a little dig at Bronwyn, who we all know has like multiple nannies. So yeah, I just probably I see that. I don't judge people for having help, obviously. No, but it of course appears not. that with all those kids, she just doesn't seem to be around them all the time. And yeah. I can Start see this with the kids too, because the kids are like all over her Instagram and stuff. Remember that? They're there, but like when she's off, I don't know, traveling, being with her girlfriend, like, is it Sean watching the kid? Like, I, I don't know. No, uh, wait, what I'm saying is though, do you, do you remember like the daughter was like in oh, her comments the, being the like- The older kids, I think, are having issues with yeah. how she's been behaving. Can you imagine like seeing a parent like in the tabloids like this? Like, I can't. No. It would it would be really upsetting. And and she's attracting more and more people talking about her. She's like very interested in speaking to the media and getting attention. I, I don't know. Something's I really like Bronwyn. I'm interested in her. I'm interested in her life. I, you know, like her on the show. I just think she's needs a little bit of self-care right now and to yeah. stop moving. She's Going, 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 you know, going with the girlfriend, being Sean, being with all, you know, doing all this stuff. And it's like, I just think she needs some time to mm-hmm. stop moving and to address the issues that got her to where she was drinking so much. It doesn't, just because you stop drinking doesn't mean those problems go away. Yeah, that's a great point. So if I was her or good friends with her, like I would try to go into some sort of inpatient program where I was forced to spend time doing therapy and like working out my issues and try to make some changes to my behavior. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because like we want these stories on the shows, you know, because it's it's entertaining, but sometimes it's too dark for the show, you know, and we're entering, we've entered too dark territory with her, I think, you know? Right. No, I, I don't know. It's just something feels 
unhealthy. And she's trying to serve it to us like it is healthy because she's sober. Right. And, and if that, everyone in the cast like, thinks yeah. a similar thing about one woman, right. there has to be some level of truth to it. Like when everyone yeah. said Luann sleeps around, we, we <laughs> learned that Luann sleeps around, you know, like yeah. when everyone said Luann like was still drinking, guess what happened? We learned that Luann was still drinking, you know, like right. there, I, I use her as an example because it's, it's, it's not similar, but it's like easy in the way that people, everyone was against her in the same kind of way that this is happening. Or when yeah. Nini was acting out and everyone was like, right. Nini has some issues right now. She's not, right. you know. So, yeah, I think it's easy for Bronwyn to be like, oh, they don't like that I speak out on Black Lives Matter or whatever. But I don't think that it, is it. I'm interested to see if she stays on the show or, you know, what what is going to happen to OC? Who knows? Who knows? They keep trying to like... There's been an issue with OC ever since the season after the Brooks scandal. No, the that, season after Heather. The season, after Heather. Yeah, there was one more season after Brooks that was so good. The season where Kelly came in. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. But and, ever, so let's all think about that for a moment. So ever since Kelly, the show's <laughs> back. But I don't know. She just doesn't have a storyline at all other right. than dating and then marrying rick which isn't even on the show so yeah i don't know I want, have you had rick's daughter on your podcast i have she's oh, lovely have? yeah veronica I was, about, I, think, I was thinking about asking her to come on uh my my pod yeah she lives in new york so you would have a lot in common great well maybe i'll reach out to her this yeah, week veronica i listened amazing. to a couple interviews with her and she's so well well spoken she's a so lovely smart. human being yeah she's a good person yeah you can tell so, well, you're a lovely person too. Thank you well, for thank listening you to me too, open up about my mother's death. No, no, no. I <laughs> never so, talk like, about it. No, I'm so happy to talk about that stuff. Like, I feel like, um, you know, these shows have so much depth in them, like uh, when you really look into it and it brings up stuff in all of our lives, you know? That's why I love it, you know? I completely, I completely agree. That's why I watch these shows. So, Tom, tell everyone where they can find you, where they yes, can listen yes. to your podcast. Yes. Um, so you can follow me at the Tom Hamlet on Instagram. Uh, you can follow Dumpster Dive at Dumpster Dive Pod on Instagram. Uh, we uh, currently are covering both Housewives and uh, The Bachelor. I think moving into February, we're going to keep covering The Bachelor, but we do want to cover Summer House. So we might ditch one of the Housewives franchises so we can bring Summer House into that. Uh, and we do Bravo recaps on Fridays. And then on Sundays, we have our Bachelor recaps. And uh, yeah. And I, my sister, it's me and my sister who um, I'm sure she will be on Mandy's pod sometime soon because she's yeah. supposed to be here today and then that didn't work out. But her name's Kix. She's amazing. So follow We'll have too. to have you guys on again together. Oh my God, I'd love it. Well, thank you, you come back so on our much. pod. Yes. Yes, please. I can be your DC correspondent. Yes, please. <laughs> well, I need you trying to find the Potomac woman once they start filming again. Oh, I am going to be on it, all over it. <laughs> well, well, thank, thank you, you so much for being on, and course, we Andy. will be in touch soon. Yes. Bye, guys.
Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. 